What's happening, Joe? Wagwan. Took took it a while to uh get in there. Did it? So I hope Yeah, there's, there's I need to fuck I need to sort it out. The internet's been horrendous here in Yorkshire for the for a while now. I think it seems to be every ever since you got um like a new router and shit. Need to sort it out really. So I just hope the connection stays all right. Yeah, it should be. Mate. You sound actually, you actually sound pretty good. To be fair. Yeah, I think it's just one of them. You know where it has um, you know, like periods where it can just drop out or just really inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, are we here? We're all in. We're all in. We actually are all in, and you all sound pretty good. Really good, actually. Sorry. Wow, this is the No Spray No Play podcast with German engineering tonight. I know, yeah, I know. Jesus, functionality at its best. Fucking hell, look at that, right on it. How are we doing, boys? I'm chilling, I'm chilling. It reminds me quite a lot of Zaha in that, like, when Zaha was a little bit younger mm-hmm. and had a point to prove, he was this positive player, and the cliche would be he gets you up off your seat. You know, if you're in the ground, it's, oh, he's on the ball, let's see what he's going to do, let's see what he's going to do. Before Zaha ended up in this loveless marriage with Crystal Palace, obviously. But I, th- I think he's a great talent. And I think he'll be in the Prem for years to come. Yeah, it will be very, it'll be very good. Who, what have you guys got for number eight? And don't tell me you got number seven, seven. Number seven. Number now. seven. Sorry, Joe. Well, we've well, I've already discussed mine. It was uh, it was Watkins. Have you got anyone else who you would uh, have down there, Joe? Um, what? So we were um. Well, I mean, I suppose it's getting difficult because I could skip to my number six and talk about them for oh, a bit. Go ahead, I want to throw in the mix because I feel like. Um, so I've, I've got. It's, it's now where I'm starting to have uh, transfers based on impact mm. in the team. So I've got Callum Wilson um, because I think <laughs> obviously long time Newcastle have been crying out for someone that's you know actually able to put the ball, put the ball in the back of the net. Um, what do you mean, Joe Linton's not a decisive striker? <laughs> So yeah, I think based on impact, I mean, um, uh, I mean, what is it? He's four in four, I think, this season. Um, mm-hmm. I think a couple of been penalties, maybe, or one's been a penalty or two been penalties, something like that. But um, yeah, I just think I just, based on impact, I think obviously like a good little pickup from a relegated side. Um, I think as well, yeah. As I say, I mean, they've been long crying out for just like a, a proper number nine, I suppose. Um, and based on impact in the team, that's why I've gone for him. So if you know we could throw him in the mix for one of your seven spots, or if you're happy to have him higher, if you guys agree, I'll, I'll put, I'll put another name out there who um, I think is definitely a number seven and someone to watch. Again, it's West Brom United, and it's Mateus Pereira. Now I've, I've been a long oh. time admirer of him. I know we've talked before jokingly about FIFA careers, but I spotted this guy at Sporting Lisbon on FIFA a few years ago so I've kept an eye on how he's done because you know you feel like when you develop a player on FIFA it's like that's that's my boy like, I want to see him do well and that, that's how I felt with Mateus Pereira so seeing him rip up the championship last season great seeing him step up to the Premier League on a permanent transfer even better and I feel like between him and Dian Jana, they are the one thing that are possibly going to keep West Brom in the Premier League they're so positive and so technical and have such a good relationship on the ball and you know they're making you know they're making a player like Callum Robinson look like a competent Premier League striker which is amazing but I really think it'll be inevitable when West Brom go back down because they're a yo-yo club but Mateus Pereira will get picked up great talent okay I think I think I haven't got I haven't got much to say about Pereira to be honest I've not really I've not really watched much of him to be fair so I'm laughing. Oh, I'm just take your word on that. To be honest, so I'll be saying for number seven. So, Joe, if you keep what was what was your sixth option? Your sixth Callum option Wilson. was um, Callum Wilson. If you keep that for number six, yeah. So, should we pick out of Dean Dean I would pick Dean Jana. I'll, I'll go with Dean Jana because I feel like yeah, I like that Dean He's he's a brilliant direct player, and I love direct football. I love people who get on the ball and run and take a shot. So positive. Okay. I'm four out. Of, I'm four out of four now. So I'm. I'm Listen, you just don't right want now. you to abandon us again, T. To be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, see. So, Joe, your number six was Callum Wilson. Yep. 
Because if you got do you want to go first? Because I've been formulating it in my head as we're going along. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. My number six. I've literally. Um, I've had to do a quick switcheroo and change it around. I could be. I can't believe I forgot. Forgot this player to put in my ten. So originally I, I had Ben Chilwell, but I took him out for um for Spurs' Hoiberg. Oh, interesting. I've got Hoiberg higher up. Go on. I've got I've got Hoiberg at six because obviously I think he's the player that Spurs really needed. And I think to be honest, I don't think anyone really saw saw like that such a player like that was 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 available for um, one of the top six or top Quite eight a steal clubs. Price as well, wasn't um, it? Sixteen to twenty million, something like that. I know it was really low. It's a really good price. Look, if you look at it, yeah, he's a. He's a, he's a really solid, strong, um, central midfield player who is actually got, he's got a really big voice in the middle of the park. He's got a, he's got an excellent pa- passing range. He's comfortable under comfortable w- with the ball and under pressure when on the ball. He's 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 the exact player that Spurs needs in that midfield to sort of calm things down, to sort of find the right passes, to make the right decisions at the right times when they're either looking for a goal or they need to protect a lead or whatnot. And you know what? He just He's a perfect example of a Jose Mourinho player. That's why, for me, I've, I've put him in um, my top, the top ten. Uh, my opinion's on him. I had him in at number four because I wrote down four names just quickly as we were coming on for who I think the yeah. top four signings are. Um, my reason for having him a little bit higher up were all those things as well, but also... We've discussed on our group chat that perhaps Spurs don't have the best centre-back pairing. You know, Davinson Sanchez, Toby Alderweireld, Eric Dyer. Between them, there's not really a good two there. And I think that mm-hmm. it means that there's no onus on Spurs' centre-back pairing to bring the ball out when there's someone so good in front of them. They can focus on defending. And say what you will about Mourinho's team, you know, they, they recovered well last season because I think with his 14th when Mourinho took over, ended up in a Europa League spot, which is a good finish. But they were very league yeah. which is not something you associate with one of Mourinho's teams. And I think signing a player like Hoiberg, it takes the pressure off them being positive and playing out from the back and playing the right way, which they clearly want to do with so many good attacking talents. And I, I just think, to snatch him out from under City's nose as well, because all summer I kept on hearing, like, Hoiberg's going to City, Hoiberg's going to City, and then he ends up at Spurs. It's a real coup for them. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think, I, think you, I think you're top player. Yeah, I think he's... Well, you got I, re- I really don't like that we're getting on so well here. Like, at, at the end of everything I say, I feel like <laughs> I want there to be like, no, no, no. I want that little bit of feisty fight, but I'm, we're not getting it tonight. We're really... Have we all had our Horwicks or something? You know. <laughs> so what? So have you got? Have you got? Have you got a? Um, so it's between Wilson. It's between Hoiberg and Hoiberg. Hmm. And it, whew, it's it's a tough one, really. That isn't it. Look, if you look, if you look at this shortest question, who do you think will have a more, like I say, a, a bigger impact for their team? Do you reckon Hoiberg will save Spurs more points than than Callum Wilson will win points for Newcastle? Oh, very interesting question. That's a great question. I mean, I think Callum Wilson kind of flies under the radar a bit with how efficient a striker he is. You know, because Bournemouth, especially in the last yeah. couple of years that were in the league there, Bournemouth were always like scoring a lot of goals, but on the end of a pasting as well. Like they never looked you know, defensively sure. Like we discussed, we, we've discussed before. Like I don't get why City have signed Nathan Ake when Bournemouth's defence was shocking and he was the leader of it. You know, and uh, if I had to go one way or the other, maybe I'd go with Wilson will win Newcastle more points and Hoiberg will save. But I feel like that's doing a disservice to how good Hoiberg is and how much of a difference he's made to that Spurs team. Oh, this is tough, isn't it? It is tough. It is. It is really tough because I, on, honestly, for me, I'm, obviously, I'm gonna back my pick. I think um, if Hoiberg leaves the side for Spurs, I think they concede a lot more goals, and then the the connection between defence 
and attack goes missing. And obviously the protection in front of those two, the back the back two of um Dyer and Sanchez that gets gets makes them very vulnerable to to um Hoiberg offers them something different, so um, maybe more reassurance, I suppose, and a, a good, le- a better level of physicality, physicality than what they've had in um, recent seasons. So, still an important signing for them. Okay, are we gonna are we gonna say Hoiberg then, I've, or are we gonna say Wilson? I feel like I'm really on the fence here. So, Joe, give, give me yeah. reasons to go Wilson over Hoiberg because we've talked at length there about. Well, I mean, I think um, I think I get what T's saying that he might, uh, you know, he's quite crucial. He's Hoiberg and he's saving them points. But I, I definitely still feel that Callum Wilson will be more uh, crucial to, especially a team like Newcastle that they don't have the the resource and the uh, the deeper squad like Tottenham um, of, of people to come in and be able to get uh, goals and points and maybe save goals from other areas of the pitch and players. I think um, yeah, there's more there's more focal point on Callum Wilson to maybe deliver, um, especially considering Newcastle have really struggled for goals. Like just having a quick look in recent years, haven't they? At Callum Wilson's statistics for his time in Premier League there with Bournemouth. So 15, 16, 13 appearances, five goals. 20 appearances, six goals. 28 appearances, eight goals. 30 appearances, 14. 35 and eight. 35 and eight. So consistently around that 10 goal mark, apart from one season there. Yeah, and then and then answer this question: What how many goals does Callum Wilson realistically need to get in the league for it to be a for it to, for be, it to be a, a good season for him? A good I chance for hitting double figures. I was just going to say, I think ten for a team like Newcastle with the players have got Almiron, Jeff Hendrick, uh, Alan. Matthews. I think a great number for him would be about twelve, as as DT says, with the players yeah. with the players they've got that are quite creative as well. Um, I think well, the options as well from the bench. You know, if you can form a good relationship with a Carroll or a Joe Linton and they can yeah. play up top in a two, like the big man I mean, I suppose given it's old school, given work, given the fact he's on four out of four games now, you know, want to keep a probably maybe not going to keep the same trajectory, but. A relatively good trajectory and should def- most certainly be hitting double figures and yeah maybe like 12 to 14 goals would be great i just i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go okay. with hoiberg here just because i've got him higher up on the list and I, I would feel unjust if we didn't get him in somewhere and i feel like coming to the business end of this list you know the top five we might just miss him out yeah so yeah that's my decision okay so Okay, moving on to okay, you have a top five now. Um, fifth, uh, who? So I have got this is my first Arsenal signing. I'm going to put in first. So they've got more than one. With four after this, you've got more than one Arsenal player in there. Yeah, yeah easily, um, easily. So number five, Gabriel. I think um, from all the players, we all the players you said, and all the players you're going to say, I think there's not going to be. A player that really fills that hole for a team as much as Arsenal really needed a, a demanding, solid centre back who was who was also able to to be a good ball player and able to be as good with the ball at his feet when it comes to pass at the back. Um, what I've seen is that Arsenal are a way better team with him in the side, and then the only game he's not been in the side is when we lost to Liverpool, which I honestly think. We would have been a big difference to that result. Um, all his attributes make him a, a solid player, and he will be a really good player for years to come at Arsenal. So, um, a really big, quick, strong, smart player, strong in the air, wins wins so many aerial duels against he gets really big physical players, and then isn't scared isn't scared to for a bit of a scrap or a bit of a not or a bit of like a. Um, a barging match with a, of a big centre forward. So, for me, I think this is this is the centre back that Arsenal have been sort of crying out for for about I think a good six, seven, seven years. Yes, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you've you've made your points well there. For once, you haven't just had your Arsenal blinkers on and said anyone in red and white is the best player ever to lace up a pair of boots. <laughs> I think on reflection, well, I mean, on reflection as well, you know, he's, he's done well to step up from Lille in the French league, 
which you know there's jokes about farmers league but it's not quite the same level as it you know across the league there as it is in the premier league and he, he doesn't look out of his depth and he's looked very assured and there's a confidence now in arsenal they, they grind out results i feel in a way that you haven't mm. seen them grind out results probably for 10 or more years maybe you know it, there hasn't been grit in that arsenal team there hasn't been backbone and just physicality you know no there hasn't like I think I think I think Arsenal's weakness has always been especially like aerial attacks so the long ball or the long or the long they're a team who thrived off that or what I'm saying or corners where now we've got a centre back who isn't scared to head the ball he's not scared to go for 50-50s and he's quick so when you want to, if you want to go for a 50-50 race, you can do that as well. So I think we've got a really big talent that, that, and we did really well to get him at Arsenal because there were there were clubs that were in the Champions League that were trying to get a signature, but we still managed to get it. So um, yeah, that's for me why he's number five. But if you guys got any other any other names, Joe, why you want to go first? Number five. Uh, who's my number five? <laughs> DC go. Well, I'm actually working it out. One word. Alan. I think oh, when you look over it. the course of a season and you're going to see a manager's philosophy and the way they want to play the game and, you know, they're sort of, you know, we talk a lot about that's a Mourinho player. Alan is an Ancelotti player. You know, he's great in possession. He's great at shoring up a defensive situation. He's got great vision to pick a pass. He's a great base to build attacks from. Like, he's... Not an all-action physical midfielder, but like you, you barely see him put a foot wrong. And for years, you know, you've seen him linked with teams like City and all those teams who should be in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So it's, it's almost bizarre that he's ended up at Napoli. But it must speak to like the respectful relationship him and Ancelotti have. And I just think with the other signings they've made, who one of whom I will come on to, who I'm sure we can all figure out, I just think having such a solid base. And especially, you know, Decore, who's a proven Premier League player, is coming as well. Having that as your solid base to sort of build off, phenomenal. And I think, you know, the likes of a Decore, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but, you know, physicality and box to box and putting yourself about in a Premier League midfield, it's not ten a penny, but it's more common. But getting a classy, silky operator like that, who, you know, we've. We've talked about um, Jorginho at Chelsea and players like that who they have those sort of like passing abilities, but they look a bit out of their depth in the Premier League, you know, not getting that extra little bit of time that they get in other leagues. I don't think Alan's having that problem. I think he's, he's stepped up and Everton look twice aside for having him in the lineup as they do without. You know, I'm, I'm sure he missed a game a couple of weeks ago there, and whilst the performance was still good, it did drop off a little bit. So I'm quite excited to see how he performs for the rest of the season and see if he can maintain this really good early form because I was a big fan of his at Napoli. And I feel like he's one of the few players that has come through the, the end of the Sarri era there, through the Gattuso years and the Ancelotti years, and come through the other end with his reputation intact. Well, the only thing is, is I'm very weary of the fact is that it's the, obviously the start of the season, the, the, I think the most difficult team they played was Spurs, at that, and they caught them at a really good time at the start of the season when they they were a little bit in limbo. They didn't know what system they were going to play, and they obviously they're in good form. I'm just sort of like I'm thinking, will he be will he will he be let's say for example in a different sort of mindset? Will, he, will we see a different sort of performance, or will it not be as comfortable when let's say for example Everton don't have majority of the ball, Everton let's say might lose a few players. And when it comes down to it, I think when you get exposed, that's that's the I think that's the thing though. I think that's what he brings to a team, much like Thiago at Liverpool will. I think he's the kind of player where you look at him and you go, he is ball retention. You know, when you're playing against a team with that little bit more quality in midfield, you can pass it to him and he's not going to get caught out. He's not going to be shown up. I feel like he's just a player that's going to push him on. And, you know, you talk about against elite teams. You would say recently Napoli haven't quite been much a higher standard than maybe Everton are in terms of what they've achieved on the continent in European competitions. But even last season, we were taking the game to Liverpool in the Champions League there. 
and Alan was in that midfield. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I, I really don't. Fair, fair enough. Would you would you have said at the start of the window that Alan was a target for Everton when going into the? I would never Kessel? have guessed a player that good, to be honest, would have come to a team like Everton. That's no disrespect to Everton, but just where they are in the league and where their historical finishes have been recently versus even I would have said it was more likely to go somewhere like Wolves, even where you know we've got Europa League football, but it, it says a lot about Ancelotti, doesn't it? I suppose and. So do, you think, so do you think basically Everton because here's my thing I think about this year is was Adam always in the plans was Everton always looking to strengthen that position or did Adam just come up and no 100% because if position? you remember in our our pre-season preview we said that Everton look seriously uninspired in the midfield there there, there was no one you know they, they had the three number 10s and now they had one and you didn't even believe in him and then they had players like Tom Davies, who don't get me wrong, is is his threads are immaculate, but like on the pitch, maybe not quite as good. And Allen's took them to an extra stratosphere of midfield operations. But the thing is, is Allen is Allen the best midfield midfielder they brought in? I I, I, I think don't considering think he's where and he's more effective really? than Decore. Really, that gone. I think I think he's the I think he's not the worst, but I think he's the 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 he had the least impact out of the three major signings they've brought I in the think that if you take Allen out of his team over the course of the season and you do put someone like Tom Davies in, it's night and day how well that team operates. If I'm totally honest. Both in defence and in attack. I would I would I'd agree with you obviously the personal. I'm saying Davies, I'm saying any Everton in midfielder there wrong, really, but... to be honest. I, I just I really think he's such an underrated and he's shown it so far and I see I see your concerns that like they haven't really played any quote unquote big teams at the right moment but as as me and Joe discussed on the last podcast where you were absent Mike there's not going to be a good moment this season you know there's not going to be fans in the stadium things are going to be up in the air with personnel that are available because of COVID like you've got to take every week week by week and if you can put in good performances like they are you're going to be in that conversation. Well, they're in, they are they are on good they are on good form right now. They are definitely in good form. They've got they've got players um scoring goals. They've got players on good form. They've got players like Owobi back scoring or playing regularly, playing good games. So they yeah, are in, they are on like, they are well, as well, to be fair, which is great going by them. And the only problem is this is like I just I just I just am I I'm just not convinced whether. Let's say, for example, not just Alan, obviously by himself, but I'm saying these certain players, will they be able to to keep up with this performance level when, let's say, for example, a loss breaks up their uh, their winning streak or things not go to plan or they get a, a, a disappointment? I think like, that's why you're bringing these players over that experience of like the elite level and of being internationals because they've got that mentality of like picking themselves up and going again you know it's, it's not like you're signing someone from you know let's take Sheik Quixote for instance as someone you could sign to do a similar job to Decore in the Premier League you know you're going to get a different level of performance there from him versus what you would get from a Decore or from an Allen but anyway, I feel like we've lingered. We've lingered here on, on Alan Pages. Yeah, you know, you've been bored out of my mind listening to you two drag that on about Alan. It's like, wow, he's not even the most impactful sign-in. But anyway, I'm going to talk about my number five. I think we're on five. I've lost track. You guys have been at it for about half an hour. Um, Castagna. For, yes, for been Leicester. very impressed with him. Very impressed really? with him. Mate, he's been banging assists in, like, don't even say... Oh my god, this fucking guy, bro. This really? fucking guy. Yeah, what are you even talking about, really? Like, <laughs> this guy's waffling on about the fucking. Oh, T. Right, explain guy... it, Joe. Get to the point. Get to the point. Anyway, I, I feel like uh, I've been massively impressed with him. Um, he's coming. He offers. Obviously, he's been playing at right back, but um, like, I suppose we. I think we might have discussed yeah, him a little did. bit on the last, last podcast. Week. Um, obviously, when Pereira comes back, he might obviously uh, move out to the left. He spent time at Atlanta playing on both. Like he's capable of playing 
sort of both sort of flanks, uh, left and right. So I think uh, for a team like Leicester as well, obviously um, I think he's a, a great signing to replace Chilwell, and then obviously on for much smaller money and uh, for a team like Leicester as well they, they like to play with a lot of width get the balls into the box and stuff and I think he's another player that offers them that um, obviously he's got started the season with a couple of assists I think he's been quite impactful and I think just a shrewd move yeah um, I, I was thinking of another Leicester signing as well that they've made recently which was Chengiz under because I think one thing we were discussing with them last week DC was they're just a bit they just don't really have anything there that spark mm. on the right, do they? Um, so yeah, but no, I, I, I like the Castagna sign. I think obviously they had to replace Chilwell, um, and I think they've done that in a very shrewd manner. And someone that uh, is going to offer them a lot going forward and probably chip in with quite a few assists and crucial moments for them um, in terms of getting goals. Do you think that's more? Do you think that's more effective than possibly Everton signing signing? Um... Alan, Alan in, in in the centre to shore things up and stop them scoring goals or Gabriel being the strong defensive defender that Arsenal needed. Well, yeah, because you think that's well, yeah, because all teams are different and it was an area, of, you know, an area of weakness that they need to, you know, they need to get a man in there that can is capable of playing on the left, and he's obviously been playing on the right while um, while Pereira's out injured and he's he's had a great impact. Has that ever really been? Has that ever really been a problem for Leicester? Like getting getting beat on the. On the, on well, the you, let's say on the well, flanks. yeah, when you when you, you when you lose a fullback like Chilwell for them, uh, yeah, they probably need to get another one in. But but Chilwell, Chilwell had been out for like half the season last year. They have to sold him for fifty million quid shopping. though, which shows that he's a player. You know, you have to bring someone in surely to replace that. Yeah, and, and all teams, and you know, I suppose Leicester, are another team that are maybe trying to bridge the gap between you know the really big teams and maybe compete for that Champions League football more regularly, or be certain in amongst the Europa League. And to do that, you need a deeper squad. You need players in there. You need versatile players as well as people that are you know going to make a real a real impact. And I think he has made a good impact. He's he's a, he's, a, he's a good player. Um, but what I'm saying is, what I'm gonna say this is that he's already had an impact on the team that's really signed him. So I get what you're saying, but like he's already had an impact because he's had to come in from day one and he's played well and he's been getting involved and getting assists. So he's already had an impact. Do you know what I mean? But then, but then hold up. I'd I'd say I'd say yeah, he had assists, but he's not been the better out of both wing backs. Think just, just um, is it James Justin or Justin James? Has been the better of wing fullbacks for Leicester, so I wouldn't say he's had. He's been this one of the standout. Who did you put in here? Today? Did you say, did you say for, um, Chilwell was your for pick for this? No, oh, no, Gabriel, I picked Gabriel, I picked okay. Gabriel at Arsenal. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, I, you know, I get uh, I get Justin's been great as well, but they didn't sign him this summer, so it doesn't really matter, does it? For me, for me, the thing is, I feel like well, I feel like said, what, what Castagna brings to the Leicester team is, as we discussed last week Joe that Leicester's transition play now is completely different you know we've got two players out wide there that really know how to pick a pass can really get it forward direct and they can go back to playing to Leicester's strengths which is you know as long as Jamie Vardy is fit and able they're going to be wanting to get balls into a striker who's playing on the shoulder you know they're, they're going to want players like Harvey Barnes to be running 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 and helping create space there and yeah. when you've got someone who's so dangerous as Cassania is out wide going forward, like it does give them a whole new dimension. And I, I think you can't sell a play for fifty million quid and then say, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna trust this kid from the academy to come in and step up. You know, you yeah. have to try and sign someone to step in and sign in from a team like Atalanta who oh, they're just a, a unit going forward. Yeah, so well oiled, you know, you're always gonna get a good player there and I think the fact that he's already chipping in and contributing against big teams as well. You know, they've took Man City to pieces already this season. Yeah. It just shows his quality. And I think he, he really is a top player. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't know how much they paid for him, but I, it, obviously... This, it's this not is a, a really, tough, money, a really tough spot to pick because I actually quite agree with what T said, to be honest, with Gabriel there. that that he's come in and he's really like not transformed the Arsenal team because you know they could still go back to how they were maybe but right now he looks like what they were missing for so long so it's a question of 
you know, do we pick the player who on pay, paper, I guess, well, there's three choices because Allen's in there as well. You know, do you pick the player who's going to be slow and steady like Allen is? Do you pick the player who it's immediately obvious to see what their impact's been in Castagna? Or do you pick a player like Gabriel, who actually is the first step through the door into a room where it changes the team? I was about to say I don't actually know. I do know <laughs> it's Gabriel, of course, but I don't. I don't know how we're gonna. We always have one on every list, so... don't we? Where it's never a top three and it's never the bottom. It's somewhere. Yeah. In the to be honest, I'm I'm sticking with Castagna because he's he's less basic. You know, we we try to keep it varied for our potential listeners and listen they're bored of listening to T waffle on about Arsenal he's going to put another Arsenal player in already nobody cares anymore Castagna is not worth it it's not, it's, I'm telling it's you not come into the season Castagna will be better than Gabriel he'll have he'll, he'll, be, he'll be a better signing okay. we'll look back on it and think okay, no. he's better okay, no. okay, you can no. say that all you want but you know when Arsenal start leaking goals in, okay Okay, <laughs> that's such a low energy <laughs> tension there between you two. Like, okay, pal. Okay, I mean, I'll see you outside, just, pal. Yeah, let's just let's just keep it varied. Put Castanio in, and we'll move on to number four. No, we have not put Castanio in. We can't no, we're not put, because we're we putting can't Alan put in. a player. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, sure I'm, what, yeah. to be honest, to be honest, nah. I'd, I'd go Alan over Gabriel. Nah. Wow, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I knew it. I'm, get, I'm telling you this here. People at home no, are they're screaming. Not. They're going, how? How would how, how, be saying welcome to the No Spray, No Play, No Gunners podcast? We'll get another they're Arsenal going, player in before this. They're game, going. So. They're going. I can't believe not put Gabriel in the top in the top 10 I guarantee you this you can watch every top 10 football transfer summer transfer um, top signings video I guarantee you Gabriel no, will be in it Alan number 4 who are you going for DC oh we've agreed to disagree have we we've just moved on have we yeah yeah well, we have number four well I did have Hoiberg there so I guess what I'm going to have to do is what we always end up doing on this list which is pulling our lists apart and it's nothing like what we originally said t get ready to rage i'm gonna say the words that are gonna trigger you who am i gonna say joe i'm gonna say gareth bale i'm gonna say gareth bale wow this low i'm gonna this, say fucking gareth bale yeah he said this low he actually said this he's got gareth bale higher than oh my god dc i'm actually disappointed in you i did, say, I did say i just had to pull my list to pieces like, i did have him higher but you know my number four's oh. gone at number six or whatever it was so i had oh, yeah, only had a number three i had Alan at number three there's a there's a nailed on number one for me which will not yeah, that's, that's for me. There's no oh, one number right, one. Right. Um, you two, you're ne- oh, if T if T's number one's not my number one, I'm going to be fuming. I'm not going to lie. I hope we all agree for once on our number one. Right, right. G Bale. Here's why he's okay. number four for me. Four. Hasn't played a game back in Prem yet. Been a few years since he last oh put together gosh. like a solid run of playing most games in the season, but still a oh proven gosh. big game player still has unbelievable quality still talismanic still transform the energy and mood around the football club just by doing an interview like Spurs fans say again when was the last time you played a game when was the last time you played a game when was the last time Harris Rodriguez played a game exactly exactly that's that don't say that Rodriguez has played you, how much, we see how much yeah, he's he played. He's been amazing. He wasn't ripping it up like he is now. Okay, okay. You cannot guarantee that Gareth Bell will play anywhere near as good as James Rodriguez. Don't I think even you can. try. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. How freak? How frequently oh my did Gareth gosh. Bale play? Let's say in uh, when when did when did they beat Liverpool in Champions League finals? Was that twenty eighteen? Uh, well, been yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So how frequently did he play that season before he came on in the Champions League final and tore Liverpool a new Quality asshole. is quality, man. Like, it, it doesn't age out. You know, you might, you, might, you might lose a little that. bit of your physicality, but when you're a player who is that good, you're always going to be dangerous. And, you know, when, we're not talking about a player like, uh, for, for comparison's sake here, you know, like a Wayne Rooney who really aged out. And almost seemingly lost his magic overnight this is a player who has still proven time after time sorry sounding a bit like cindy lopper there you know that they still have that little bit of magic in their boots even if they come on for 20 minutes 30 minutes they can still come on create a chance be dangerous in the final third do something tremendous and i think it wouldn't be wrong to say that i feel like all the spurs players look very excited to get Bale on the pitch and play with him and as we discussed last week Joe this is probably a player who is better suited to Spurs now now that they've removed Ericsson who is that really square pegging that round hole mm. it looks like now they've got more of a fluid conventional forward line that's going to mesh a little bit better and get the best out of everyone yeah, I agree. I just, think, I just think as well, like you know, he can be a backup to Harry Kane through the middle. He can challenge for a wing position out wide. He's a talismanic player. He's shown it time and time again for Real Madrid, for Spurs, for Wales. Like I get, I get what T is saying that like you know you can't guarantee that he's going to be the player he was. I'm not saying he's going to be the player he was. I'm saying the player he is is still magic. And you can't. I mean, that. I don't really get what T's saying though, because you can't. It's, it's the same thing with any new transfer into a new new league. Like no matter if they're in their prime or they've been playing in a different league, you can't guarantee they're going to perform in that league anyway. Do you know what I mean? That that's I think, why. I think is it the, is, what is it that concerns you? T is it the lack of game time or is it coming back into the league? He hasn't played in like two seasons. He hasn't played a full season. I'm going to pull the for like two, two, three years. Have you ever thought, on the contrary, that might be better for his game, though? Being such an injury-prone player, it means he's had time for his body to heal. How do you know? No, no, no. What are you talking what about? about? Footballers, what are you? Footballers don't get less yeah, injury-prone when they don't play recovery. football. We've both got a degree in sports science, you mongo. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just natural humble bragging. Physiology. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, hold oh, on. Yeah. Are you telling me, oh, Joe? Yes. Are you telling me right now, yeah, that a footballer who is injury prone, it is better for them to not play football, so that that makes them uh, less well, injury prone. Let Let's say, for example, maybe the root cause of the that injury is, problem he was always coming back too early from injury and yes, causing so, new injury, but, which is written off players like Fernando yes, Torres, Kaká, yes no. Rooney in the past. Uh, yes or no? Yes. It's yes or no. So you're, you're, you're telling me for well, players injury prone that what they should do is not play football for three years and then come and come in and play a season, yeah. Like a different angle of opinion. Potentially, <laughs> maybe it's allowed his body to recover so and get back to ultimate that's what saying, bro. Why, why do you go, Listen, yeah, you don't know what you're what talking saying, about. Though. Yeah. You, you you're copied rattled, my mate. work. You're let's not forget that. You're rattled because you, you're wrong. <laughs> you copied my work. Let's not forget that. You're wrong. I got what's you're her actually, name? Claire. Claire. What? I mean, if we're being real, you're both copying my work. I've got the broadcasting degree. So, wow. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I don't want to talk to this guy. So let me tell you mine. I don't want to talk to this. <laughs> Just to get back to stats, give some fucking color to both of the points here. The discussion. The, the discussion T's, T's point is last season 16 games 2 goals 2 assists which is where he's probably basing it on and then season before it's 29 games 8 goals 3 assists but this is this is a player who very clearly is demotivated you know the season where he was the match winner in the Champions League still scored 16 goals from 26 games he hasn't changed that much in 2 years I would expect similar return in Premier League I'll be honest he hasn't played regular he's longer football than that, in like two Looking years. at it, it's longer than that. He's not, he's not like, 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 and let's be real as well. If he's not playing, that means he's, he's, there's probably a good chance Mate, that he's, he's not been training either. He's still, he's still like, a physical in, specimen. In the squad. Like, I, I, I got, he might, he might go to the gym here and there, obviously, but he's not training consistently with the team, with his teammates and his club, uh, Madrid. So, so I don't I, I don't understand how going from 
what we're going, what we know right now. We've not seen him play yet. And remember this: Spurs could have played him. They can They could have played him, but they chosen not to. It's not because that. It's not because that. Oh, he can't play. He. Jose Mourinho could start him, could put him on the bench, but he chose not to. Joe, tell us your pick, because this guy's got so, points. From that, this guy's such a so fucking your point cool now, Joe. It's called not, it's called not running. Just, I just, I just gave you facts. It's called, he's got a deep squad, he doesn't need to play him. What? It's called, what? You know it's called being he's an Arsenal fan, Joe. He's a moment, injury. he's a moments man. He's listen, listen, listen. Shut up, yeah. When we have when we have an end of season and Gareth Bale's hired Tottenham to attract a trophy, you ain't gonna be saying shit. Anyway, let's move on. Mine. What number are we on now? Uh, Number four. I've got. I've got uh, Martinez uh, to Aston Villa. Um, I think. uh, um, I think. um, Good shout. I suppose we're showing he was showing his class last season when he he needed to come in in the cup runs and stuff for Arsenal. Um, and I think definitely for a club like uh, Aston Villa, um, yeah, I think having a pair of hands, I think the problem with a lot of the teams that will end up, you know, being around the bottom half of the table and relegation is they'll always be shaky at the back, maybe shaky in between the sticks and stuff. But I think when you've got a top class keeper in there, mm. like you can have confidence and yeah, um, to go forward. So, Joe, if I can quickly add to that, I'm you're, always you're right. You're so That's right. To point where I'm, anyway, I'm, I've, I've got higher up. Jamie Martinez a bit higher up. This guy's yeah. taking what a piss. What were you doing? You're farming opium I've when you're up. Thought, okay. Well, let me... Let this me, guy's taking let a me, piss. Let me, let me, let me Martin, guys, just, just cut the podcast now. Send it up now. Emmy Martin is actually... There's going to be bad opinions from here. Hold on. Emmy Martinez has absolutely changed as the Miller team. What, you, what, he's shown, what he's shown is that he has brought so much confidence to this Aston Villa backline and he's brought so he's able to start the attack early from from the goal kick. So he's able to to pass pass the ball out. He's very comfortable passing the ball out. He's very comfortable receiving the ball under pressure, and he's very good at distributing the ball as well to start off attacks and counter attacks, which is how you've seen how you've seen most of Aston Villa plays starting from. I think it's probably I think that he's probably the biggest signing Aston Villa has made to their team. Which has changed, which had the biggest effect to their team. We've already seen it starts his first game for Aston Villa. He's, he, he, they're playing against Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield United got a man down, but they get a penalty. He steps up, saves the penalty. Aston Villa goes to win the game one 0 He's saved that he's save won them those three penalty, points. Though. I mean, we've, we've spoken before. They don't points. really have a goal scorer who's Premier League quality. Can I ask you an honest, honest question? Well, it, honest well, question, it is, it, right? It, it, You're an Arsenal it, it, fan. You've seen both of these players, right? Do you think the quality and the level that Emi Martinez yeah. can aspire to be is any higher than, say, Lucas Fabianski? Because that's, I'll be honest, mate, I think that's where his career's going. Yes. He's just going to be mid-table mediocre in a couple of years. Well, but hold on. If you look at, if you look, if you look at this as well, yeah. Let's not even say as well. Lucas, Lucas, Lucas Fabianski has been I can't know how long he's with right now, but he's been a solid keeper. Let's not let's not let it down to a point where, where like where like he's made like he's made errors after errors like let's say Kepa or De Gea have. He's been a very solid keeper. Obviously when you play for those lower league sides, you're you're having to save more shots. And the higher rate of shots you save, the higher chance you're gonna let in goals. So and there's gonna be more chance there's more shots you save than the top tier goalkeepers. So same thing with Evan Martinez, but the difference is He's a big goalkeeper and he's a big presence to that Aston Villa team. And he's already proved that he can win Aston Villa big points that keep them going towards that trajectory to make them a mid-table club again. So, I will agree with Joe and I'll abandon my full spot with Emmy Martinez because I've got him I, I've got him at second. I, I, I'm happy to the drugs that you are is all I'm saying. I, I, who I had at full yeah, I had that's a bit basic we'd less not talk about him so Martinez it is Martinez okay oh, number three T go ahead seeing as you haven't had a number four tell us another terrible Arsenal player come on Um, it's the absolute I, I, if anyone disagrees with me yeah, you, you're, you, you, you can't even lie to yourself because number He's three is Thomas Partey well. another Arsenal 
another another Arsenal signing. I don't I I don't really feel like I, I should have to justify this even more. I think we all know the quality Arsenal have got is behind this player. One, he's a he's a Diego Simeone player. So he's learnt, he knows how to work hard and he knows the defensive work and we all know how good he is at shielding the back four. And he's re- what he's really good at, he's really good at going forward with the ball as well. He's played different many positions before. He's played further up in the pitch. It's only been recently, the past two years, where his his game has slowly forced him to go back to add that more defensive play. I think Thomas Party changes that Arsenal midfield. It allows Mikel Arteta to change to experiment his formation and go to a three in the middle, which then allows Arsenal to keep more position of the ball and be more creative in their attacking ways. In Arsenal signing Thomas Party, they've they've allowed another like dimension, another sort of opportunity to bring out the better player, like the better players, like um, um, let's say for example Partey or um, Aubameyang, or you have your your fullbacks springing further up, you like um, Hector Bellerin, um, Tierney. So, in that sense, and he also helps that midfield trio or midfield partner he's with. If, uh, whether it's Chijaka or Sabayos or Elneny, I think he's a solid player, and I don't think I have to explain it even more. Even in the in the second half against Liverpool, or was it last year, where we've we, where we even admitted that Liverpool are probably one of the best teams in the world right now, and he was absolutely world it was it was world class, world class. Can I say something Liverpool controversial? Team. And I feel like this is gonna light a fire under one of you, maybe. And this is nothing against Thomas Partey, but I feel like Atletico Madrid's players have this tendency to come out of that system and really struggle. Even with big reputations, I feel like they come out of that team and it's, you know, it's almost like, Joe, we were talking we were talking about Calvin Phillips last week, Joe, and the point mm-hmm. about Calvin Phillips for England may not be Calvin Phillips for Leeds because he's playing for a different manager, a different system. It's not... It's not the same. Like I couldn't name you one player who's come out of Atletico Madrid while Simeone's been there, gone to another club. Diego Costa. Fair enough, I'll shut up. <laughs> but my, my point being, I, I think of flops before I do. You know, I think of Griezmann. I think of Arda Turan. I think of players like that who've left a club on a on a big transfer and not delivered when we've got somewhere else. And yes. I'll admit Costa that I'd overlooked that to be honest and forgotten about that because he's back there now. But I don't know. It's just for me, I'd be wary. I'd be really wary of like jumping the gun on it. I want it to be a great signing because I think he is a really good player, but I'm just not sure until I see him in action. I kind of I, I kind of side with the uh, T a little bit more. Did I think he's did, just gonna um, go given on I suppose I I'm basing most of my trans most of my uh, transfers in this like bracket of list on impact as well and I think uh, similar to maybe a Callum Wilson at uh, Newcastle I think Arsenal have been crying out for a bit of steel in uh, you know for, for so long and I think especially in the middle of the park and I think um, just based on impact and finally they've signed a bit of steel so that's why I, I kind of I know we need to see him in play and stuff like that but I'm kind of you know maybe agreeing with Teal a little bit just based on those factors, I suppose that I'm basing a lot of my transfers on. Mine was party. So who number three? Have I got? I think to be honest, we've probably, see, we've probably ripped through most of the people I really wanted to discuss at this point, apart from the main man himself at Everton. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably let one of you two have this slot. Thomas party. Thomas party at number three. Which means we have a gap. Between, I mean, if I could, if I could discuss, discuss another one, player, number two, Martin, I think has been good actually for Arsenal, and I've really yeah. been impressed with him. He's looking like he's going to bite Chelsea on the arse. Is William? Like he's yeah. so impressive going forward. He looks like he's got a new lease of life, and you know we've discussed at length, like, and you missed it last week, T, where we discovered that Frank Lampard's philosophy with Werner is a uh, leaving the freedom to make whatever runs he wants. Like some fucking hippie coaching going on over at Chelsea, they they need someone who's a round peg in a round hole, like Willian is, who's doing that excellent job, creating opportunities, creating goals, scoring goals, and I I think they've really they've jumped the gun, letting him go. 
he's like he's like excellent for you guys. He is a good player for Arsenal. I um the only thing I'd say is that sometimes in games he does get he does get shut out quite easily. He's but he's the thing is this you put you we can't. We I think cannot, the, the other thing, the other thing is how he gives you as well is giving that Aubameyang so, plays so in hard. from out wide there, and you have like a through the middle. It's some genuine width coming from somewhere other than your fullbacks. You know, some genuine creative yeah. width, and it gives you a midfielder dynamism yeah. that when he's not on the pitch, they maybe don't have. I think solid signing, and I'd actually be more than happy to put him there just based on what he's achieved so far in the season. I think he's been under the radar outstanding. If I had to throw like a more, well, let's let's talk about what, number two. Uh, number two, go on. Have you number two? <laughs> number two, you know, boys. Really before we go any further, do you not Unless... think it's amazing? By the way, that we've discussed all these transfers, and before the season started, we were talking Chelsea, 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 spending, spending, spending. None of I don't know so far. No. No. I did. I, I did have Ben Chilwell ben, in there, but yeah, I mean, we could have, we could maybe, we could have maybe found a position for Chelsea's uh, new keeper Mendy based on how appalling a uh, um, Kepa has been. But let's let's forget about Chelsea. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Number two, of course. Really, we don't know how. So good there's only one number two. It's Tiger Bale, mate. Tiger Bale. Who <laughs> 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 is me? Tiger. The, the golfers sliding in. You're gonna say. You're gonna say. Are you gonna say? Yep. You're gonna say yep. Gareth Bale is more. Of, is, is, is more than a. Yep. Rory McGee Bale. Spurs than Thiago is Liverpool. Yeah, of course I am. Wow. You're actually. You're actually going to say. I mean, my my Gareth Bale has more than well. Well. Gareth Bale would be more. Gareth Bale has but, more of an impact on the Spurs dressing room than Thiago will have on the Liverpool dressing room. Yes, sometimes pitch, like mate. sometimes the, the, the mentality of the dressing room is a big factor in how the they perform on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? It's a scheme mate, of intent. Spurs are saying, Spurs saying listen, we, we no longer want to be side men. We're, we're going for the, the big boy spots. That's what they're saying. What are you talking about? They didn't sign it. They put him on, so? they put him on loan. They As I already mentioned earlier, you've got to take every season at a time right now. Do you know what I mean? I think it's more common that these days. We, we discuss this again, and you've missed so Who much, T. Fucking hell, I don't ever miss a podcast again. You know, we've discussed I actually prefer it without him, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing me nothing talking about all these Arsenal players <laughs> and just pure hatred for Bale because he's an Arsenal fan. Wow. You know. It just makes no sense I'm using absolute sense. I don't understand how you're going to say Gareth Bale would have such a big impact on the dressing room when he's never had a big impact on any dressing room. He's not a big player for Wales. Wales to a semi-final. What are you talking about? Gareth Bale is Britain's most successful export. How about that one? Try that one on the guys then. In terms of like British what? footballers, he's the most successful export they've ever had. As in, the most successful person they've player they've ever had that's gone abroad and actually performed and won. He went to arguably the biggest club in the world, and his record—he's got a better record than Zidane. He scored more goals than Ronaldo. Better strike rate than Raul, wasn't it? Yeah, something like, something like that. <laughs> yeah, he scored more he's goals than Madrid than United, and he's won more trophies than Zidane. He's underrated, mate. Okay. Do you okay, really so? just say so? We just listed credentials. <laughs> Did you take well, the pitch? Yeah. Fucking hell. I hope the team never has say so, because thing. one thing is this, yeah. Hold on. You went from going, you went from going to saying that 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 um, Gareth Bell will come in to bring a winning mentality or, or improve the, 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 the changing room. When he's never been that sort of player that, you know, that has any effect on the changing room. Media. Like, look, at the, look at the Wales team. That Wales team has no business being semi finals in the international competition. They were based on the strength of Gareth Bale. Look at when he went to Real Madrid. He took a team that, let's face it, they fucking spunked millions on Kaká, on Ronaldo, on f- fucking Higuain, fuck knows who else, and hadn't managed to win that competition. He went in and single handedly was a player that lit the fire. 
Whoa. In that first Six year that he was there, yeah. Without Ronaldo, actually, no. He was the game-winning goal scorer. And he was later on down the line. Ronaldo, for a long time, Ronaldo, for a long time, delivered oh, the goals in the group stage, but didn't do it in the latter stages. Fact. He wasn't playing the Prem. So let's actually focus on Bale. Yeah. I just gave you two examples there where he delivered the goals yeah, and you changed right. the mood of the dressing room. They have big leaders okay. in it with can Sergio I, can Ramos. I ask you a few questions. And, Go ahead. What do you I have just, to, I just have simple, to... short answers. Don't fucking waffle. Right. I'm okay. allowed to waffle. Anyway, no, he like you. is he a successful player? That went over their heads, didn't it? Yeah, it's a yes or no answer. Is he a successful player? Who? Okay. Okay. Fair, uh, the past right? five years, no. The past right. three years, no. Can he have great moments? Is he is he a moments player? Can he produce a moment of magic even in limited game time, which we saw in Champions League final against Liverpool? Absolutely. Can he do that? Potentially. Great, we're getting there. Okay. So then, if Spurs can get him on a loan, what's the harm in bringing a player in? Is he is he potentially, in your words, potentially? Gonna pro- gonna produce the more moments that could secure points then, via goals or secure knockout wins in a cup than let's say a Lucas or a Bergwijn. Oh fucking hell! But then that's not me saying. Can what? you potentially? Can you potentially win the lottery tomorrow? <laughs> you potentially can win the lottery tomorrow. That means you should go buy every single lottery ticket. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, still does. I mean, it's it's slightly different because so, based based on what history you tell us, like it, it'd be like if so, I had so, certain lottery numbers and for the last fucking decade, you know, I was get I was getting all my numbers and hitting like and like I'll, the I'll odds are better if like every week I'm, every week my numbers are coming up apart from one. Then I've only got to get well, one I'll change. fucking all five, haven't I? Well, or how about I change it then? Yeah, potentially, can Wayne Rooney score for a forty? You're just being ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's that yes, it's that yes yeah, or no. You're talking like potentially can win really still score forty yard banger. What? Why? Like, I feel like I feel like why are you disrespecting the man in this? Like you're basically yes no? saying he's completely written off. You told me you you gave you told me to say yes no. or no. I've put it back on you. No. Say yes or no. Can win really <laughs> score forty yard banger? Me, I've seen him in the and you lied to yourself. You know it's a lie. He doesn't know me. He scores a forty yard. He scores a forty yard banger. That doesn't mean that you might actually go buy him, buy him back again. Now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous like, concept. Like, it's a ridiculous yeah, but Wayne concept. Rooney was playing for DC United, and Gareth Bale was winning the Champions League in the same season. It's not a comparison. That makes no sense. What your your concept makes no sense. Just potentially, just because a player could potentially do something, it, doesn't mean that's it, the reason why they sign him. And you're signing him to be a player who delivers. Chris concept. You're not expecting him to be the be-all and end-all 90 minutes every game of the season, you're managing his injuries because you know that potentially you've got a game-winner 10 games a season there. Of course it makes sense. When you're trying, when you're trying to make up the fine margins that the Premier League really, operates, loaned him. when you're a team like Spurs, you want to be a Champions League team, but you know you do have teams like Everton improving, Wolves improving, Arsenal improving, Leicester improving. You have to sign players like that and take the risk and think, Fucking hell, they've delivered in big, high-pressure situations several times. Well, they've took teams on their back. They have the personality to do that. And it doesn't matter if he's been playing golf or pulling his hamstring or whatever the fuck. Well, no, it doesn't. Because, because... Well, that, it, of, course, of course it matters. Of course it matters. Because you need... If a player's not going to be playing playing 50% of the games the league or 75% Listen, unless your name is Fabio Ranieri you are not your whole the same sign of that becomes pointless Premier League expecting to win the title fact that, that... Well, wait, I, I'm saying this what I'm saying is this yeah. Spurs need if they want to get the, the most out of Gareth Bell to make that big moment they need him to be playing they need him to be playing at least 20 games but you were you were saying though games, that like he some, hasn't some been playing games recently and he's been out all season. But you've just said twenty games, and in the last seven seasons, there's only been two where he hasn't reached that target. So surely that that proves the point of like that is what they're going to get. They're going to get the bang for buck. He knows what he's signing. He's signing a player who's going to deliver in those big moments because he's going to have those twenty games and he's going to score those goals. So answer this question. If like, if, if they're so confident, they started an injury, man. Like, are you fucking stupid? Why haven't they started it? So, so you, what do you mean rushing him back from injury? He he's not been injured, injured for the past for the past six, seven months, has he? 
Oh, he hasn't. No, no, he hasn't been injured. He's been available to play. He's just been being for Real Madrid. You can't expect a player who's not he played a job in football to jump into the most yeah. fiercely physical league in the world. I'm pretty sure he's had like not a major injury, but I'm pretty sure he's he's, he's had a minor injury, like a, se- like a knock. Anyway, come, anyway, please. This, I'm, I'm, the, I'm bored of this. Waffle. It's the we same player. Are, are we all in agreement as well? At number one, I think we are. James Rodriguez is number one, so let's just move on. The name Bond. This is shocking. This is absolutely shocking. You've just said, yeah, you can't expect to come in and start straight away. Moment. But you expect to, to, to have big game the moments during the season. The very point of which is he comes on oh, in the boy, 60th boy, minute because boy. he doesn't maintain fitness, but fucking hell, he comes on no. and scores an overhead kick in a Champions League final. You're going to... You're gonna pay. You're, you're gonna. You're gonna pay a benchmark player to come in and do something How off the bench. Yeah, I am. Yeah. To, to when what, I've got rid of Brentwood, a week. like Christian Eriksen, who you know, oh, I'll float around out <laughs> wide and I'll sometimes play a nice ball or score a free kick. Oh, I've got Deli Ali who doesn't score goals, doesn't set them up, does a whole lot of moping about with a nice haircut. Yeah, of course I'm gonna score. Sign Gareth Bale to score me a goal. Like yes. Mate, you've got what, players to rotate. You've got young players no to play bigger amounts of the season. That's why you sign a player like Bergwin. And that's why you have a player like Ryan Sessignon. And that's why you have a player like Lucas Moura. And that's why you have a hard-working player like Sung Hyun Min. If a Gareth team was given the chance to sign Sergio Aguero on loan, do they do it? Needs goals. And you and Sergio Aguero, and they offer you to get Sergio Aguero for a loan. You don't take him because there's a, there's a high enough chance that he'll be Mate, missing such a more than half of the, half the worst league. manager in the world. Which means you'll be stuck. You have, like, you'd have a thirdly eleven. You'd be playing stuck, Chris Wood at the top with Ashley Barnes and going down because they stay fit and they're hard working. That's why. That's why you're yeah. acting like he's Andy Carroll, mate. He's so many people are on the one of the best about, players on the planet on his day when he's fit. Like, let's, let's not pretend he's not just because he signed for the wrong side of North London. So, I mean, it's not even about that, mate. It's just, it's just how... It doesn't make sense. Why would you sign someone who potentially, potentially will go injured for more than half this season and pay him and put him on 200k just so you can bring him off the bench to get Fine to potentially margins. nick you a win or nick that. you a draw? Simple. And Joe's probably going to sleep here in Mr. Bay. So, who did you have at number two before we talk about having Rodriguez being number one? I I have Bale at number two. I I, I would have had Bale there uh, as well. He was my number two. As if, as if we're going to end the list with fucking Gareth Bale at number two. Fuck me. Fuck. What has happened? <laughs> The name's Bond, James Rodriguez. Is this is number one. Still the worst headline ever written. Yeah, I don't get why they did that. Yeah. But, yeah. Ridiculous. Thanks for We're all, all going to get along and finish this as friends. Because, yeah, it's easy, easy, isn't it? I mean, based on based on so many factors, like obviously uh, impact. Just, let's not yeah. let's not stay on that for long because Teal start waffling again. Uh, but based on sort of stature for a club like Everton to sign a stature of player like that, yeah. even though again maybe Teal would agree that like, he's been playing long. But I think it's been proven right. Like so now we've also got the evidence of how he started the season. It's just been unbelievable. Just, I think it helps. As I said with the Allen thing earlier, I think it helps being with a manager who clearly believes in him. You know, he signed him twice, three times now. You know, once at Madrid, once for Bayern Munich, once for Everton now. This is clearly a good relationship and Ancelotti's clearly the manager who knows how to get the best out of him. And traditionally has known how to with number 10s and similar sorts of players. He's just, he's just, he, he looks like a really special player. He looks really like, like he's that. found his love for football again, finding Carlo Ancelotti here. And I think it's a, it's, it's a really good sort of like mesh together where he's not at a club which the fans are expecting him them to win every single game by like six or four nil. He's at a club where they're just happy to have him there and happy to see good football play. And he's being managed by a manager that believes in him and it shows in the way he plays. And he's making, I think the most important thing is this, he's making the other players around him look like better players. And that's something that Everton really needed to then push on. Because Richarlison looks like a better player. Dominic Calvin-Lewin looks like a better player. Decore, um, Inyo's looking like a better All those players around him that are linking up, playing with him day to day, 
even the players on the bench like a Warby and whatnot are looking like better players because they get to get to play with this play with this guy. So I think it's been some, a, it's, it's been a culture change, change hasn't it? Away, it has know, to it's, be it's suddenly has like something be. swirling around the ground in the same way that when they made the Lukaku thing permanent and like everyone was like, oh, well, we've got a proper number nine who'll score goals again. Like, this is like another level up from that. You know, you've got a genuine world-class player in your team, making the rest of your team step up and play this level of football you didn't think was possible from these players. Talismanic, that's the only word you can use. I've used it a lot recently, I feel, but talismanic, man. He's just... Yeah. Majestic. I love that stat, and we're not big fans of stats on this podcast, but I really like that stat. Um, his, was it his first game back where he didn't make a sprint and he just ran the show? So like, this guy's just trotting around Premier League midfields and thinking, yeah, I'm just going to boss it. Like, yeah, I can do what I want. I'm that good a player. And it's so good to see a player with that, that right sort of attitude and arrogance and confidence. I do hope I do hope that he continues to play his football the way he plays. The way it goes, because I think as the season goes on, teams will will start to focus their defending on him and trying to they'll stick maybe a man or two on him. They might rough him up a little bit. I hope that he still has, let's say, that little bit of bite about him to get away or to, to still play his football and to continue the way he's playing. Because obviously, right now he's new. To, obviously, he's new to somebody plays in the league, and especially in his international break. Teams will identify him as the main guy at Everton. I agree, man. I agree. Like and to, to be honest, like you said about him. big games, it's is it the Merseyside derby this weekend? That's going to be a well as as long as the tier three lockdown yeah. or whatever it is doesn't stop them having the game. Like it's potentially going to be a huge game and a sure. huge test of is Hamid Rodriguez still at that level, or is he just going to be a flat track boy? I can't wait to see it. I really yeah. can't because he'll be up against a proper solid defence that has good players all along the back line. So, like, I've got the boys. right end of the list feisty there. Yeah, it was, it, to be honest, I was bored off my rocker when we were agreeing on everything, so I'm glad yeah. we had a good argument towards <laughs> the end. <laughs> like, we must be the only friendship group in the world where, like, when we come off a call and we're like, yeah, we had an argument and it was great. Like, it's good. I like. I like I to get. It. I like to get heated. I love it. I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the first people hearing this podcast and like getting actual like. Who do they think? What do other people think apart from <laughs> just the three of us? Yeah, because because I'm, I'm. I think you guys. You guys are gonna be really surprised when when they when they realize our yeah. oh, talking mad sense. Joe, how feeling would you? How feeling would you be? If if it came out and it was everyone's like, oh, this T I mean, guy's got it. He knows he knows what he's talking I would, about. I would uh, no. I suppose I would. You wouldn't be sleeping that, would you? I wouldn't be. It's a weird one to explain. I, I wouldn't really be fuming that in that sort of aspect that maybe people have agreed. Yeah, I'd be I'd be more fuming that there's you know there's more retards out there. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I, used to work, I used to work with a chap, and we had a conversation <laughs> wow. once at work, and wow. he said to me, "DC, never overestimate the intelligence of the British public." And on that note, I will never overestimate the fact that they'll think that T is T speaking sense. What? <laughs> Say that again? What? Do you know what? Yeah. You sound. You sound. You sound delusional. Trying to convince yourself now Listen, I'm the only that one the who people speaks are wrong sense on this and the people are never wrong. Absolutely not. I am the voice of sense. <laughs> all right, all right. So what? We end it there on that, another mini argument about to kick off there. So oh, that was boy. that was your boy T. Well, that's me, um, DC, and Joe, and that is the No Spray No Play podcast. Make sure to join us again. When we talk about possible yeah, Champions we still League, need to do that before the competition kicks off. So let's stages. make that the next yeah. Champions League preview. Right, peace, peace out, boys. Out. Good podcast. Ah, right, sweet. <laughs>